open it or if I. Hello, my beautiful angels of innocence and joy. This is my podcast, but something different is happening today. Post coffee sip. That's a good intro right there. Yeah. Yeah, a little something different. What do you want to call this one? A micro episode? This is a bonus episode. Wow, that's good. Yeah. So basically what's happening is normally you would hear we did a podcast on we did it Wednesdays, but this is not a Wednesday as you may or may not know, because based on what's been going on lately, I think a there lot are no of people, days. <laughs> there are, no people days. are confused about what day it actually mm-hmm. is, but it is Friday. So how this is a little different. So we got some great questions. Do you want to say reveal who gave us these questions? Yes. Cynthia Breen. I am so grateful for you in my life and as well your sister, one of my best friends, aka one of my best friends in the whole darn world, Rebecca. But Cynthia, this is all about you. And specifically her class. Yes. So Cynthia teaches a bunch of professionals about communications and PR and they sent in a handful of great inquiries into the wild world of influencer marketing, just everything you're involved with. And I compiled a bunch of them together. You gave me the email. I worked them around just so some of them are a little similar. So I just kind of worked them into some verticals that we can go over. We're going to have a little more time on our hands because of the whole, you know, social distancing thing. And you mentioned this earlier. If anyone has any questions, please feel free, direct message them, post them in the comments on Instagram or Twitter, any of the social media, and we'd be happy to answer more of these. We love questions. And know as well, we can do any advice, like anything that comes to mind that you're needing extra advice on. We know a lot of people are alone and we honestly just want to act as your circle of friends. And if you want those questions to be anonymous, feel free to tell us. We promise to keep them anonymous if that's you. And all you have to do is go to our Instagram page at we did it podcast and send me a DM. Are you ready to get started? So ready, but also kind of nervous. Is that weird? You said that earlier that you're nervous, yeah. which I think is so funny because we're sitting, paint the scene. We're sitting in our living room. Oh yeah. This is one thing we definitely want to do is we want to give you guys a visual representation of what's going on. So it's Wednesday night. We just released our podcast for We Did It Wednesday. If you guys haven't heard it, definitely check it out. Scott and I dive into living with a creative. But one of the things that we love in the evening time when it comes to getting creative is setting the lighting low. So wait. Yeah. Let's play a quick little improv game. Okay. Okay. One sentence back and forth. I just want you to help paint this picture for their mind's eye. Okay. So just describe one thing in one sentence. Try not to say and in this room. And okay. we'll just go back and forth a couple of times. Okay. Dim lighting sets the scene. Red and orange hues cast along white walls of a living room. People sit in their cozy clothes, ready to settle into the evening. A coffee mug. A wine glass of red and two lovers looking at each other in the eye. Meow. Wow, that got steamy. Yeah. You know when someone says lovers, it's going to be a good podcast. Side note, when Lover by Taylor Swift came out, I was like, this is such a beautiful song. And when people made it their wedding song, no offense if this is your wedding song, I was just like, I would just feel so uncomfortable with someone singing Lover and everyone (laughs) watching me with Scott in the middle of the room. Lover. (laughs) Yeah. Great song. Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> on the topic of great songs, here's our first question. Okay. It has nothing to do with singing. Great. How did you get started in influencer marketing? So basically, influencer marketing is something that found me and grew into this beautiful thing that I am doing as a side hustle now. I started my blog to apply to journalism school 
and that is in Make Your Own Momentum. We made our own momentum. The first episode of any We Did It Wednesday. What's your blog called? My blog is called Below the Blonde. Do you remember the first post you did for your blog? What was it about? Yes. The first post I did for my blog, I was traveling with my dad. It was a 48-hour layover. He is a pilot for Canada. And at the time, you could travel. Right now, things are a bit different, but it'll happen again. We were on a 48-hour layover to Dublin, Ireland. He's adventurous, loves taking photos and capturing moments as well. And I remember we did all these things. We scoured the city. We went to Brazenhead, the oldest pub in the city. We did the Guinness factory tour. And we were just like rampant along the, the pubs at night, enjoying and all of the banjo music and everything. And on the flight home, because again, it is only a 48-hour layover, you basically fly there, have a nap, go for dinner, enjoy the evening scenes, wake up the next day, have a full 24 hours, go to bed and leave. And I was on the plane and I was like, I'm just going to write all about this experience. And that was the first of like five website versions of Blow the Blonde. When do you think that was? What year? Um, I think it was October... 2016 2015 yeah so you make this blog yep you post up you had to make a blog for class right as part of your portfolio so basically i was a science student exactly applying for journalism school so my partner at the time suggested that i start something Mm -hmm. um and it ended up being a blog and then i named it below the blonde because i didn't know exactly what i wanted to write about yet so i ended up naming it below the blonde because i was like i want it to be anything that i'm thinking about what's below my blonde it's my brain it's whatever i'm thinking about so yeah and now so a lot of people i think assume influencer marketing is a lot of instagram yeah so you make your blog i remember asking you this question actually what was one of the first you don't have to say the brand one of the first products you remember a quote unquote doing for influencer marketing? This is such a tough question because I actually don't fully remember. I think I remember your answer if you want me to jog your memory. You do? What is it? I thought it was for a watch company. And they. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's close to it. I'm pretty sure that's pretty close. Yeah. It was for a watch company and it was a wooden watch company and I remember doing photos for it. But I, I feel like I had done a couple things before that, like a hair mask or something like that. But it was it was still a product I aligned with. And was this, how did this work? So basically you're running your influencer, you're running your Instagram account just as you would. You're posting pictures and then does a brand reach out to you in your DM or how did that work? So it's so tough when you start because you're navigating the scene and brands will reach out to you even if you're really, really small. But I want to send a huge word of warning. If you get a message from a brand and it says, hey doll, we would love to work for you with you. Um, We are going to give you 50% off of one item, 60% off of two. Like we'll also give you a promo code or whatever. That is not a brand trying to work with you. That is a brand trying to sell you something. It's a marketing technique and it's a scam. Yeah, pay attention. Pay attention. Do your research. 100%. So um, one thing that I would suggest and one thing that I did in depth when I was in Sheridan, uh, shout out to Sheridan Journalism School, Sheridan College. After I went to McMaster, I went there for journalism. You would have heard that in my first podcast episode. Uh, McMaster, you went for? I went for science. That's right. And then uh, journalism for Sheridan. And then so basically what I did is I started to target brands that I wanted to work with. I was hoping you would talk about this. Yeah, I started to target brands that I wanted to work with. For example, I really wanted to work with Aldo. Mm -hmm. Still, I actually haven't had a partnership with Aldo, but I did get them to repost one of my photos. And the way that I did that was 
I just started creating content for brands that I loved. Mm-hmm. Not only was this putting me on their eyeline and their PR companies say, seeing that I was someone who liked their stuff and authentically shared their brand, but by creating content for a brand that I love and looking at their content and trying to mimic it or create something in my own style, I was automatically creating a feel of a feed of a blog Mm -hmm. that aligned with their brand. Mm -hmm. And that is a way that I've been able to be seen. There are brands that I work with now that I... I remember this one day, Scott, I was standing in the bathroom and I was just doing my hair and all I was thinking was, and I'm going to give this brand a shout out too. All I was thinking was, oh man, I would love to work with Majuri. Now Majuri is a simple jewelry company. They do like simple, elegant Mm -hmm. jewelry. It's beautiful. They're based out of Toronto. They are stunning. And my one girlfriend, Joelle, had just put up a post through that and her Instagram handle is La Petite Noob. I highly recommend you check her out if you love pink and everything girly and and just that kind of lifestyle. She is a wonderful, wonderful source of inspiration. But I saw her post while I was just in the washroom and I was like, oh, I would love to work with them. And I put that energy out into the world and I literally, no word of a lie, no word of a lie, I looked down at my phone minutes later and I had an email from their PR agent and I had already been like sharing some love there before. Yeah, and circling back, we've had conversations with people who are interested in influencer marketing. And one of the things we tell them is, look, if you have a brand that you really want to work with in the future, start a relationship by posting content with their gear, with their brand. Because then when they look back, let's say they just look at you because you've tagged them in so many different things. They'll see, oh man, this person loves our stuff. Look, they've been using our runners. They've been using our hiking gear for the last Mm -hmm. two years. Oh wow, look at their feed. They have such great content. I, we're going to get to this, but I think some people assume maybe it just happens that you send out an email and then, oh my gosh, you got a contract with someone, you work with them. What I think, and I know you're going to hammer this home and maybe with more humility than I'm going to here is your secret power is you hustle so hard. And that sounds very cliche in this, like, because aren't we all in this grind industry, Yeah. but you post every day and I'm not talking, you go outside with your front-facing camera and you just take a picture and then you come back inside and post it on Instagram. You work, you hire photographers, you set up the camera yourself, you look at all of these different artists that they're doing, you look at mood boards, you figure out what kind of shots you want and then you go do it. And that is maybe the thing that people don't see. Perhaps they just remember the collabs more. Yeah, they're like, oh, I'd love to work with that company. How did they get that contact? They must just know someone. One thing that I love that you mentioned was like with creating that content as well and looking at their feed and getting their attention. One thing I suggest for you to do if you're PR and communications is to find those people for campaigns because those are the people that authentically live that brand that you're looking for and they're going to create content that aligns with you. Second, if you're on the influencer side of things, be smart. Use the hashtags that they associate. So for example, I like love Aritzia so much. Aritzia has a hashtag, hashtag Aritzia style or my Aritzia or like whatever it is. A lot of these big brands have like an associated hashtag just like. Yeah, Aldo crew or whatever. If you want to work with a brand, find out what their hashtag is and make sure you include that because that is also what PR agents for you guys on the other side are going to be looking at because Mm -hmm. that's your hashtag. And I remember you saying too, 
I think it was that Aldo photo you did where you used that hashtag and they reposted it. It was what other brand reposted it. You got a bunch of followers from that. And that was like your first big jump where you noticed, holy, this is taken off. Yeah, this is real. I remember um, it was a Daniel Wellington post mm-hmm. and I did a flat lay and I had the Daniel Wellington watch and they're so beautiful. Highly recommend if you're looking for a gift. They are, they're really, really simple and easy watches. This is not sponsored. <laughs> it's always such a funny disclaimer to be like, not sponsored. Um, but anyways, they reposted my photo and that day I got a few hundred followers. Amazing. That's a way of getting your name out there and, you know, identifying yourself on the scope of marketing. But you know what? There is a difference between just getting in-kind product and getting paid to post. Mm-hmm. And I know we're going to talk a lot about that too. Yeah, I mean, I I love talking about this. So I'm trying to keep us like on the rails because we can go off I on know tangents. Me too. But we're doing a great job um, because this is all, all I think very valuable insight. Um, one of the other things I was going to mention with that, you kind of mentioned that there. So why don't we keep on this track? Okay. What are the different kinds of campaigns you can do through influencer marketing? For example, you just mentioned in-kind, paid, et cetera. Yeah. In-kind, paid, long-term relationship. Do you mind going, uh, just clarifying what those are, like in-kind, just going into a little more detail? A hundred percent. So in-kind is basically you just receive product for post or production work. So there's a lot of nitty gritty when it comes to influencer marketing and campaigns are basically what you do to fulfill an agreement and in some scenarios you can apply to be a part of a campaign so there are some sites out there like hashtag paid for card f-o-h-r mm-hmm. card other things like that that you can basically set up a profile and you can put your numbers on there your analytics on there what it would cost for a post a video a story a tweet whatever And within a campaign, that's where if you're doing this all yourself, you could have a brand reach out to you and say, I would love to have you do one post on this specifically, pitch me an idea. That's key. So the pitch me an idea thing. Or you could apply to a campaign um, kind of under the radar and DM, say, any type of brand and know that many brands, their Instagram accounts aren't actually always run by them. Mm -hmm. They can be run by PR agencies. So PR agencies can represent a handful of brands. And if you can get on a good side of a PR agency and you reflect the interest in the work and clients that they have, um, you may be in a good position to work with a few different brands. Now, this is something also to keep in mind. When you are searching for, you know, uh, a company you really want to work with, for example, I really wanted to work with a company like Essie. I love nail polish. Uh, I remember this was one of the first brands I ever wanted to work with. You find out who represents them. So you find out who represents the brand you want to work with and reach out to them as well. So basically kind of reeling it back in what a campaign is, is it's basically you're going to do three stories, one post on this day or between this timeline. Here are some of the credentials within that and it will be X amount of dollars or in kind, which is just the product. And all of those things will depend on where kind of your media card sits and you can make yourself a rate card, a media card where it's like to post this photo, it costs this amount of dollars, this story, it costs this amount of dollars. And 
kind of having friends within the scope because Scott, this is just so hard because people with different numbers charge different things, different demographics, people have different engagement scores. Like you really just have to kind of like judge the process as you go to figure out where you lie. And so you don't price yourself out of the game, but you're not undercharging because when you undercharge in a business like this, you're doing everyone else a disservice. Should we tell one of my favorite stories about when a brand didn't have enough for something? We don't, we don't have to say the specific brands. Yeah, let's tell like the anecdotal part of the story. So Amanda got an inquiry from a brand who wanted to work together and they, I don't believe they were offering money, but they were offering product. It was an in-kind and you had made a promise with yourself that I, I want to not just do in-kinds anymore. I want to know my own worth and get paid that. My personal brand had grown to a point where I recognized no longer do you sit in this category. Mm-hmm. You will now accept payment for your work. Mm-hmm. You're worth it. I know this is lame sounding, but we both loved this brand, maybe me more. And I was like, well, we, but this would be so great to work with this brand. I know you have your morals and your I code. I agreed. I agreed. So what you did though, pitched them was this brilliant idea and I was so impressed. So why don't you tell them what you suggested? So basically what I did was I agreed with Scott. I was like, I would also love to work with this brand and this would be a really cool opportunity. But what they're putting forward is not um didn't match the value that you put out yeah and and you know what no one is gonna value you in life if you don't value yourself yeah exactly and that's truly just an anecdote for life so basically what i did was i said okay this this doesn't mean that this is all for naught. this brand or this pr agency just has not been given a budget for this project Mm -hmm. or this campaign but they have been given product So what I can do is I can recognize that there's still product on the table. And instead of just saying, yeah, for sure, I'll take this and make a post. I said, sure, I will do this if you also give me a second product to do a giveaway with. And at the time, it was just I was still working on my own. Um, I currently work with a media agency, Platform Media, and they are wonderful. And we will get to that for sure. But I was working on my own and I was trying to establish where I was and um this was just such an opportunity to grow my own brand while simultaneously still bridging a relationship. And it was such a win-win because the way you set it up was, let's run a giveaway. Mm -hmm. Uh, You give me the product, that's great. I can use it in my photos, but let's run a giveaway as well. You don't have to give me that product right away, but you have to promise that you're gonna send it to the person. But how the contest is gonna work is we're gonna do a draw. You have to comment on my post you like have it. to follow me. You have to follow the brand. You have to tag other people in this post so we can boost engagement. And then you get an entry into this draw. And then after like a week, it'll close, blah, blah, blah. But that's a win-win because totally. both brands, both you and this brand get engagement, get followership, uh, boost their like brand affinity. It was just so clever. And I was so impressed. I'm always impressed by you, but I was so impressed then. Oh, thanks, God. And I think too, if you're Let on the- Let me just say, it is weird when you keep saying my name, Scott. I know. <laughs> you're like, thanks, Scott. I as know. if I'm like an interviewer sitting down on like 60 minutes. Scott and I call each other beep. So it'd be weird to be like, thanks, beep. <laughs> yeah. But you can say Scotty or- Yeah, true, true, true. Yo, thanks, bro. Yo, thanks, our pal. <laughs> Maybe that's weirder. Yeah, ew, I hated that. I oh, just rarely do we ever call each other Scott or Amanda. And yeah. so it feels very foreign when I hear you be like, thanks, Scott. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like you're in trouble? No, I feel like, where did she go? Where's my beep? 
Who am I talking to? <laughs> there was totally something I was going to say. Uh, oh, I was what? just saying you're impressive and you were like, huh, I know. I remember. I remember. So if you're on the PR side of things, you can always, you have a flexibility. Okay. Yes. So be flexible because at the end of the day, if it becomes a win-win, like say yes, because creating a strong relationship as well with an influencer in the game could also be so beneficial. And the whole point of this whole darn landscape is basically for people to build their brand, get eyes, and get engagement. So if you can both achieve that, bonus. We're going to talk about some other things, but what I did want to mention was the idea of engaging in the community. This is just part of the game, part of influencer marketing, part of running social media, and that is to say, if you want the algorithm to value you, or if you want the community to value you, you can't just be posting pictures or posting videos. You need to be talking to people and i mean that in a genuine way not just copy and pasting the same comment like oh my gosh i love your photo follow for follow no i hate that stuff and we'll get into our pet peeps of social but i just wanted to put it out there that these hashtags that brands use search them as well and find like-minded people that are doing cool things and leave them genuine comments and i know this is formulaic to something genuine but we have seen people have broken it down a genuine comment is more than five more than four or five words and it is specific use specificity and point something out that you like not just hey great photo doing five of those a day versus 20 just three hearts on people's comments is going to get you so much further it's going to make you feel more engaged as well and a part of a community versus trying to just beat a system and i have you know what in a in a couple of podcasts in a Next week, actually, on Wednesday, I have an interview with my good friend, Christina, and her handle is Style Apotheca. And we basically just gush over the fact that we've made friends over social. And I met her through social networking. And I also met my good friend, Emily, over social networking, where we literally went on a blind date (laughs) because we appreciated each other's content. And we created a legitimate strong bond. We found out we had similar friends. Like we yeah hit it off and her handle is threads and blooms and i highly recommend i love emily she's so great she's such an angel a question that works with this talking about working with brands and now establishing campaigns is how do you personally decide what brands are worth working with when creating sponsored content there have been moments where i have had to forego um a good amount of money or a great you know just chunk of free product i'm not going to say a great product necessarily just like something free it's just know that at the end of the day your authenticity and your brand mean more than getting something free and mean more than getting a paycheck as much as that can hurt sometimes especially in a time like this when there's just so much uncertainty but the certainty lies within the fact that you are working on a specific message and a specific brand and that can all be tarnished with one post if you are you know choosing to do a product that you don't even use on a daily basis Mm -hmm. that you have never even tried that you don't know if it has negative effects for people health-wise like there are so many things that come into that you don't want to do that so I guess I would say just always trust your gut when it mm-hmm. comes to working with a brand. Your own little like moral compass what you've established. 100%. Um, 
And also, I will say this to Scott. Sorry, Scotty. Sorry, Beeb. Sorry, <laughs> Baba. <laughs> um, that there are times that I have worked with a brand because, you know, it, it sounds so silly because obviously I'm much smaller than some of these brands. But then again, that's not actually true because there are some brands that are just starting up and their home team and all this stuff never feel like you always have to accept payment. Like sometimes there have just been smaller brands that I can see there are women like me, you know, who are just trying to start something up. Sometimes just creating a relationship and be like, for sure, I'll like do this headband thing to help you out because you're starting a side hustle. And at the end of the day, collaboration, cooperation is just so valuable as well. And this is your space and it's yours for the leading and yours for the taking. And sometimes it, you can just do something out of the goodness of your own heart. One of the questions I just wanted to circle back on was how long did it take for you to start receiving partnerships when you started? And I'm going to throw a little spin on this too. Sure. When we talk to people, we've spoken to college classes before of like aspiring journalism or communication students. And often they'll have these kind of questions and my answer is simple and maybe arrogant, but it is just simply, it takes as long as it takes. And there's no fast track. There's no timeline like it's going to take six months. I think it just takes as long as it takes. And if you do good work consistently, and listen, I'm talking from someone who has never had a sponsored post before, but I have seen what it takes in others. And it just takes as long as it takes. And yeah, I don't know how you feel about that, but I've always felt with these things. Listen, if you're in it for the long run, then it'll work. But if you're thinking this is like, oh, you know what? I'd love to get free stuff on social media. I like posting with filters. I'm going to get some cool brands associated with me. I bet it just takes like two months. That's not how this game works. What do you think? One of the things that I love to ground myself in, and I almost feel like if this project, this podcast, for example, is like I view this as a tiny little seed and I'm just planting it. And like, how long does it take for a tree or a, a huge oak to grow? It takes time and it takes love and it takes sunlight and water and fertilizer and all of these things. And that's a lot of effort. And one of the things that grounds me the most is that phrase that this is a marathon, not a sprint. And we're not just going to dash the 100 and get to the end and work with our dream brands right out of the gate of school or starting a, a content marketing tool. I think that I agree with you. It takes what it takes and things grow where you put the water. You know, things happen where you put the energy. And if you are looking to do something like this, one thing that I suggest when you're first starting is like, be specific, fill a niche, make that niche even smaller and smaller and smaller. Tell someone how to do something, relate to someone on a personal level, use vulnerability as a tool to connect versus a tool to maybe, you know, trick someone into some buying something like it's going to it's going to take time and that timeline is not defined for anyone yeah I love that I love that idea of what you put your energy into will work it it's also reminding yourself so what are what are the goals like what's the end goal 
if you are thinking about getting into shape, you're like, oh, I really want to get into good shape. What's, what is that? You know, mm-hmm. is that you can run a mile straight? Is that you have like 8% body fat? Like the, the field posts keep changing. They keep moving. Yeah. And so when someone's like, how long does it take to become an influencer marketer? Well, what do you consider that? Do you consider that posting consistently and having like a nice cohesive feed and engaging in the community? Do you consider that getting a product for free? Do you consider that working with this brand who gives you this much money? Or is it you need to be getting paid sponsored posts all over Instagram and Facebook? Yeah, I just think you can get lost in it. And so just like you were saying, the big thing is if you want to do this, do it, research it, put time and energy into it, make the content, be creative and then those things will come. But I love your, like, you're basically, um, what am I trying to say? I love that you connected fitness to this because it's so much like that. And one thing that I want to say, too, is that quote unquote mm, phrase of to get fit or, or to get the perfect body or whatever. One thing that I learned this past year in 2019, I remember learning a quote and I think it was through Birds of Papaya. She's just this wonderful source of incredible positive energy. And I'm sure you have heard of her on Instagram and her podcast as well. But it was through that that she was talking about appreciating your body at every step. If we can't look at ourselves in the mirror and say, I love this about myself today and I am working for my tomorrow to feel even more at home in where I am right now. And this is something that I am working at for sure every day. It's very much like that. Like you've got to appreciate every step of the way because at the beginning, you're going to be chipping away at creating something in your space that you already have because it's your friends and your family who follow you. You're going to start something new and they're going to be like, what is this? A, you could have people unfollow you because this isn't why they followed you in the beginning. B, you are now broadcasting something that you love and that you're creating to the people who absolutely adore you. That's an amazing source of energy, exchange, communication. And then C, this is the moment where I realized, did I say one, two, three or ABC? (laughs) C, you're at the moment where now you have got your foot in the door. You are an influencer. My mom's an influencer to me. I don't know about you guys, but at the end of the day, we all have influence on each other in any way, in any shape or form. But the next step is to now branch outside of just those people you know, your friends and your family. So how do you do that? Mm -hmm. And we're going to be talking about that a little bit more. I think that's great. Because, yeah, as much as I give the big pep talk about putting the energy in, putting the time in consistently, you do have to find ways to get this outside of your social circle. 100%. So I like this question that I'm going to spin up a little differently. But someone was wondering how you got yourself out there. What makes your page different? So I would just like to ask you straight up, what do you like the most about when we're just talking about page? What do you like about your Instagram right now? Like what, what do you really value that you have done? One thing that I want to say as an overarching theme to every single person, and this applies to every single person in the world, I don't care who you are, but I always say this, and we even said this in our last episode together, you are you, and that is your power. No one is you in this entire world, and if you don't share what you have to give to the world, it will never exist. So that is how I am different is I am Amanda Weldon and no one else in this entire world is me, whether you believe it or not. And you also have that power. 
the way that I love to separate myself, I guess, is speaking to my own experiences. And I think that's something that everyone else can do as well, because your experiences are also so unique to you. The way that you see the world, the way that you're experiencing it every single day is so unique to you. So the thing that I love right now about my page, especially since we haven't necessarily dove into this topic quite yet in this episode, but the world is a very interesting place right now. We are all in this together, whether we like it or not, but I think we should like it because this is an oddly unifying moment in history. Dealing with quarantine, dealing with, you know, overwhelm, anxiety from the press, and they're doing their job. They're giving us the information we need to know. The way that our healthcare workers are stepping up and doing their part makes me kind of reflect back on my own part in this whole scenario. And the thing that I love about my feed right now is, one, I'm trying my best. And that's all I can really ask for myself every single day. And two, I'm trying to be a source of positivity and to give the world something that I think that I can share. And no one else can do that like me. So I love that. And we will get into some COVID, COVID-19 stuff in the future because in the future, in a f- couple minutes, because we did have some questions on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but give me something specific aesthetically that you're doing with your pictures or your video content right now. Just something you're trying, but something you're really digging lately. Something about me is I have, um, I would say, and this is always so tough. This is why I was nervous for this podcast is because it's so weird. It feels like you're being interviewed and you like have to say things that you are good at. But something about me is I think I have a pretty high aptitude for video work and I have a style that I really like where I layer videos over top of each other and I keep it really snappy especially when it's on the Instagram feed and I'm putting music that I relate to and have found through I use a program called Epidemic Sound Online that Scott has purchased for my Christmas present (laughs) and I think I am loving doing more video stuff and it's one of those things that I need to challenge myself to do because I constantly look to things that I'm not as good at and I put more energy into that versus focusing on what I am good at. And as an overall aesthetic, I have been focusing on positivity, warmth, airiness, brightness, and um, yeah, just that overall feel of light. So we talked about things we like. I like all that stuff. Uh, I w- did want to go into, because sometimes people don't talk about this. This is like the shadow underworld of oh social God. media. But I want to talk about this stuff because I hate it. And that is simply our pet fees for social media. And that, first and foremost, the one I'm thinking of, is buy-in followers. Ooh. Please do not buy followers. Especially in this day and age where it's very easy for marketers, any PR professional to see if you've bought followers, but so, please don't do it. I'm going to flip this totally on its head. Um, because, Buy followers. <laughs> yeah. And say, definitely invest a lot in followers. Yeah, no, yeah. no, don't do it. Amanda, by the way, let's just get this out. Yeah. There. Have you ever bought followers? Absolutely not. I never will. I have never bought followers. Why would you having fake followers or seeking to buy fake followers? Why does that upset you? So, It's upsetting for very obvious reasons that there are people who are out there creating authentically and trying to bridge the gap for engagement, connection, and that authentic or authentic voice rather. Um, Buying followers is, in my opinion, yeah, hit it. 
really, really sad. And I think I blame maybe our society where it is right now and our feeling of lacking. When someone reaches out to that, it, it, it immediately makes me feel sad because I feel sad that they feel they're not enough. That they a want. number yeah. is defining them or holding them back. And that's simply not true. Because when we're talking about micro influencers, for example, like the 2,000, 3,000 followers on your blog or even less, like seriously, it brands still will reach out to you because you have a very targeted audience. And that has value and everyone has value in this world when it comes to your voice. But when you buy followers, you immediately negate every single person who is real, who is following you. Because if you're on the PR communication side of things, you could so easily go onto a site like Social Blade and you can type in any, any address, any Instagram handle. And if someone has bought followers, you can see how their follower growth worked and where the spike was. Mm -hmm. And if you are looking at any Instagram account on a desktop, you can still see numbers. If you are an account who can't see numbers anymore, and if someone has tens of thousands of followers and 36 likes on a photo, it's fishy, it's inauthentic, and it screams desperation. And that is so harsh to say. But for me, I think it's just sad because how did we get here? How did we get to a point where a number defines our value? We are all living, breathing organisms. And there is something so valuable that we have opinions, we have families, we have people we love, people who love us. And that is way more important than buying followers or likes. It's also irritating because of how you're doing this all organically. And yeah. how you're climbing hard. Oh, it's so irritating. And you just want that swipe up. Look, oh, we're guys. You're almost at 10 on Insta. Shout out, get Amanda to 10. <laughs> and then you could get that swipe up. And, but there's some people who just bought followers and then they get that swipe up. Get, and I know that might sound so very So this like, isn't known by everyone. I remember saying this to a couple of people and they were like, oh, really? That's how you get it? So the swipe up function on your stories. On Instagram. You, Yes, on stories on Instagram, you get that functionality in Instagram if you are a verified account or if you have 10,000 or more followers. And for me, I'm like, that would be amazing because I could swipe up to the YouTube videos I'm creating, to the podcast episodes. It'd be so much easier. And in a, in a world that we live in simplicity and the need, the absolute thirst for things to be convenient that would definitely help because super, yeah super valuable for marketers too to have mm -hmm. that as an option where they could analytics wise exactly instant benefit for them yeah uh you mentioned micro influencers so i just wait want i want to just ask you a question quick yeah, go. so i was talking about convenience and all i was thinking was wow how has convenient like convenience has just been flipped on its head now that we are going through this quarantine life and one thing that i noticed is wow i'm i'm making my lunch more i'm making my own coffee and tea i'm saving money how has convenience changed for you in your workspace cuz you are still working you're working at home it's funny cuz everything you just said there is good i know it's so good <laughs> yeah it's like, like making me realize how i should be leaving yeah I think it's making us put more effort into some things that maybe we took for granted. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Of course, I think the bad things with this are the 
obviously sick people who are suffering, obviously our mental health, mental health, obviously our front of the line, uh, employees, healthcare workers, truckers, grocery store stockers, all of those that obviously I feel for, but in this social world, workers, I want to shout out to the social workers. Yeah. Uh, in this world for me, not much has changed because I do work online. I work in marketing and e-commerce, so uh, this hasn't changed. But I do feel like I've gained some valuable insight that I was going to share shortly um, in terms of maybe just saying that life is moving on, that I know perhaps this was really scary at first, but people are still spending money. They're spending it in different ways. Uh, And I think the big thing, we had a conversation about this last week, was just figuring out the new normal. Figuring yeah. out everyone's new normal, whether that is watching a movie with your friends through Zoom or FaceTime, uh, going to the grocery store with a face mask on and not feeling ostracized or not judging someone else who has that, getting used to standing. That's at least so huge what you just said there, Scott, not judging someone else for their perception of what safety looks like to them. Yeah. And so it's just learning the new normal and... I do think there will be benefits that come from this. I sure, I was going to swear again. I just didn't want to. I'm getting so in my head about swearing. You're good to go. We got a comment saying, get after it, Scotty. I sure fucking hope that we recognize when this is over and it will end. But I sure as hell hope that we realize how much money needs to be put into healthcare. Oh, needs to be put into front of line workers. My God. And... Yeah, it's just... I think that when this is done, when everyone's feeling safe, I'm just going to walk in the grocery store on a random thing and just walk up to uh, someone working in the produce aisle and be like, can I give you a hug? Like, thank you so much. You know, it's funny. Uh, Not funny. At Marley's games that you work, at sports games, they Mm -hmm. do these moments, right, where you honor a soldier, someone in service, men or women. And we have seen, actually, paramedics, firemen. Mm -hmm. But let's start getting nurses up there. Let's start getting doctors up there. Let's start getting managers at a grocery store trying to make ends meet, trying to figure it all out. It's just these are the people behind the scenes that maybe we did take for granted, but they're keeping our society intact right now, working their ass off. We can talk about this a lot, but let's oh stay gosh, on the influencer yeah. train. And we I know. I just really wanted to get that in there and just to shift from convenience to gratefulness and and we'll probably be gushing a little bit more about yeah. healthcare workers. So you mentioned bots and uh, your dissatisfaction with them. And I totally agree. You mentioned social blade. If you work in PR or communications as a means to, if you wanted to pre-scout someone you're considering for influencer marketing. And you should. And you you should, should definitely pre-scout everyone you work with. You could use social blade. You could use four card F-O-H-R. You also honestly could just, just like you said, a great tip is to look at their followership and then look at their engagement on a recent photo and see if that lines up. If someone's getting 60 likes on a photo and they have over 10,000 followers, over a thousand followers, that ratio, even if those were organic true followers, that's not an engaged audience. That is not worth you or the company you're representing investing money in. There's also some great things you can look at too. Like, do they engage back with their audience? And are they consistently getting the same numbers per post? Because there are moments too where I've seen, and and I'm saying I've seen because it's so blatantly obvious, guys, that I've seen some of these accounts who have bought followers 
And if you have done this in the past too, and you've kind of changed your thinking about it, I don't want to shame anyone out there. When you know better, you do better. And that's definitely something that we can all apply to every single day of our lives. And there's no shame here. We're just growing as we go and we're doing our best every day and doing what we think is right. But it's like puka shell necklaces. <laughs> what were we doing? What were we doing? Board shorts and a puka shell necklace. You know what? We were doing puka shell necklaces as well as frosted tips and board shorts all at the same time. It was for the OC. You know what? It was for the best, but we left those times behind and we should leave buying followers behind too. But what I wanted to say is if you are in PR working, then definitely check out multiple posts and kind of do a little scroll back because there are accounts who have bought followers and then will buy likes as well on certain posts. So this works for someone in a communications who wants to work in PR who or marketing who's considering hiring an influencer or, and this works for people who want to be an influencer. And that is what you talked about briefly before, which is being a micro influencer or finding micro influencers. And this is such a valuable, uh, very trendy last year. And I think it's only going to continue. And that is finding accounts on social media who have a super engaged following micro audience, but maybe don't have a big audience, mm-hmm. but it is so much more valuable. Let's say I am a yarn company and I find granny knits on Instagram and she has 5,000 followers, but she averages like 600 likes on a photo. So many comments. She's engaged with her audience. They have knitting Wednesdays. I so badly wish I knew more about knitting so I could make so many puns. Maybe we should knit. We got time. Honestly, if you guys knit, let us know. What accounts do you follow? (laughs) Winter is coming. We better prepare. But that is way more valuable than say throwing money at some big, they have 10 million followers uh, and they do knit. Damn, 10 million followers. Let's scale it back a little bit. No, listen. This person knits. They do beautiful crochet, crochet stuff. They have 10 million followers, but their rate for the you to have a sponsored post is astronomically mm-hmm. like 50 times Tens more expensive. Of thousands. Not worth it because the comments and the engagement there are not going to be worth what you would get from Granny Knits. And this, this is true. This is not me just spitballing here. This is what marketers are finding. So micro-influencer. There are, there are two, two methods of thought, though. Hit it. Two methods of thought. It may be putting yourself in a scenario. Scenario is you have X amount of dollars for a campaign, and that is what is allotted to you. Mm-hmm. You could either put all of that money. Good point. Or half of that money into two influencers. You have 100,000 followers, highly engaged because, Scott, there are scenarios. I keep going. I'm just like, I'm like pointing but my finger at you. And call you Mr. Micklejohn. Listen, <laughs> Mr. Scott M- Thomas Micklejohn. So you could put all that money into them. Now, this is so specific because there are scenarios where if they have that swipe up function, there are incredible analytics where if you put that money into those people, that product will sell out. However, there is another technique of going about it because that's not 100% guaranteed to you. You could also choose, you know, a thousand micro influencers for the exact same budget and say your goal is just reach of audience and demographic in area and geography. That could be a totally different way of going with a campaign. Totally. You get your brand out there more. 
uh, brand recognition would go through the roof, I think. You could probably get more followership than that than just doing like one post. Bridge yeah. long-term relationships. Yeah. And now micro-influencers, I will just say, often are very uh, niche. They are focused on one product. Like Granny Knits is a good example because all Granny Knits posts is knitting. Are all about knitting. All about knitting. And the casual cocktail. So uh, that is good advice for someone who is considering influencer marketing. But I don't want this to be paralyzing when you first start. Because like you mentioned, when you're running your blog, you just knew you wanted to be below the blonde and you would figure it out as you went. And truly, that is the way to do this. To just start and figure it out along the way. Good to have a plan. Good to have maybe three verticals that you want to work into. But just go with it. And micro-influencers have really nailed down one of those verticals and they stick to it and they're just known. They're known in those hashtags. If you were to search that hashtag, they would be at the very top. The algorithm would reward them for how much they are involved in the community and engagement. So yeah, that's just a little like shop talk for that kind of stuff. I would say too, as I've grown, I've learned more that um, breaking down a niche is better. Like for example, I just started on TikTok and I made my niche being a weather person. And within... 10 days, I grew to 20,000 followers there. And that's a new, you know, a totally new space for a lot of people. And there are abilities to grow very quickly if you are willing to post two to three times a day following common trends, following, you know, common sounds on there, if you guys are familiar with the app, and engaging as well back with your audience. So, What's your handle on TikTok? My handle on TikTok is the same as uh, Instagram. It's at below the blonde. Name me your three. Just tell me quickly your three top TikTok videos that you've made. What are they? Top TikTok videos, knowing that these are a minute or less. I have done showing people behind the scenes of how to use a green screen as a weather person. It has over 1.4 million views with an M. Which wild. is crazy. TikTok is popping. Yeah, it's the algorithm is rewarding. <laughs> and it feels good. It's crazy. Yeah. Within 10 days, I have overachieved, if not doubled my followership on TikTok versus Instagram. In the first three days, we watched one of your videos go viral and it was It was nuts. my morning show routine. Yes. And that has over 600,000 views. Yeah. And then I feel like I'm just tooting my own horn here, no, but I just want to use it as an example. This is valuable. Yeah. And the other one is our skit, I believe. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. We did a skit on uh, a girl who thought that a boy was proposing to her mm-hmm. on the radio when a song just came up, but it was not true. That was a funny thing we it's did funny. because you came up with that idea and we filmed it two summers ago, posted on Instagram and it was fun and like our followers liked it. But then, yeah, you posted it when you were starting TikTok, you're putting videos on there and then that one again went viral. Yep. And the other things that I did want to say are like, tell me about two videos you made that have not gone viral on TikTok. On TikTok? Yeah. Um, like one of my favorite ones you did was to this like cute song where it's like mm -hmm. i could be red i could be blue and it's you like wearing different makeup in different lighting with those colors it's so clever and so interesting yet the algorithm didn't really reward it yeah that's so true it wasn't immediate the interesting thing about tiktok as a whole and we're just like diving into this whole like separate thing is that you never want to delete your videos because the algorithm actually, based on my research, will pick out old videos sometimes to like resurface to show people. And if people start catching on then, then they will 
continue to feed it out. That makes sense. So you never want to actually delete a video, even if you post it and it doesn't do as well. You just keep it in there. Just keep posting. And if you prefer, just put it private. You get to still keep the likes in your stats. And that's pretty great. And another thing about it is, what was that other thing? I've been learning quite a lot from from the algorithm. Maybe we should pause the TikTok talk talk there. And we could do a completely different podcast in the future on it because okay. we're just learning about it. And it's very interesting. So there are so many amazing things. future about bonus it. episode. Talk and TikTok. Talk. Send in your cues. <laughs> <laughs> Send in your cues. Great. Talking TikTok. Talk. Talking the it. TikTok talk. Okay. That was great. What I was going to say just to have a quick talk. This whole new world we're in, a bunch of the questions you got were navigating this wild world of self-quarantine, self-isolating. Mm. And what I wanted to mention, just from a marketing point of view and from e-commerce, is... Scott, can you tell people what you do? I am a content marketing associate. I work with an e-commerce brand. Don't really want to say it. Sure. And I do a bunch of stuff, which is great. I really like it. I'm like a digital Swiss army knife uh, video production, copywriting, social media. It's awesome because I get to wear so many different hats. So you know the space when it comes to working at home and creating content at home and things like that. And e-commerce is a lot of fun because mm. it's seeing entrepreneurs flourish. Who These people who've made their own companies saw a want, saw a need for something, and they supplied it. And their success stories are just so neat. But what we have noticed and it's just this took everyone by surprise and it happened at the end of q1 at the end of like quarter one right and between january and march quarter one and no one really knew what was going on this Mm -hmm. i think we still feel that way it happened so quickly so like we talked about before adjusting to the new normal things are going to settle for a bit and we're likely going to be in self quarantine just in this social distancing ways for at least here in canada we've heard the timeline discussed 12 weeks i think it could even go longer i think maybe that could be relaxed a bit where we could start to ease back on some social distancing regulations but i would expect this to continue for to the summer and know as well this is a scenario that is changing so rapidly and so quickly and we're filming this on a wednesday night to release on a friday and even by then things could have changed do you think it'll be solved by friday wouldn't that be great (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so great if this whole part of this podcast was irrelevant by Friday. <laughs> and that is something we will talk about. People asked us these uh, coronavirus questions and we both said uh, just yesterday we were driving the car and we were both like, let's never talk about the specifics of coronavirus as if we're experts or discuss things we read because mm-hmm. uh, we're not. Yeah, because I was listening to another podcast of a podcaster I love and they started talking about the specifics like and I was just thinking... Let me just talk about your anxieties and your stress and and how you're creating within it. Just because I get this from someone else. Totally. Yeah. Get it from the news. Get it from journalists. They were trying though and they showed up and they showed up on the field and they were working hard. So I still have props towards them. No, screw them. They're the worst. (laughs) What I will say though is with people figuring out the new normal, there are budgets now and the budgets are just going to be put in different ways. So influencer marketing, everyone is online now. Everyone is remote working. And People everyone can relate. Screens. Everyone can relate. People are staring at screens. And so I truly think money is going to be poured into that from a budget point of view where you would have spent it elsewhere. It's going to be poured into 
social media. It's going to be pouring into digital ads. I honestly just got an email today about a potential campaign and it made so much sense for what's going on right now. And both of us looked at each other and said, heck yes, this would be an amazing fun time for us. Yeah. So I just wanted to ease some worries in case people thought the world was stopping and the economy was going to just plunge and it was going to go Mad Max in here. It's not. We're just figuring out the new normal. Companies are still surviving, still flourishing. So Q1 ended, Q2 starting. We're going to see some changes and I expect more money will be poured online. Yeah. One thing that I want to take a deep breath and a pause on before we get to the rest of these questions, because Scott, you are just such a such a rock i guess when it comes to managing emotions and anxieties when we are talking about creating in quarantine what is something that you would say to someone who is a creator or someone who's just starting where there's already so many anxieties when it comes to sharing your stuff what would you say to someone who is currently going through the ebbs and flows of anxieties or stresses through quarantine and who want to create and put their work out there. What would you say to someone? Well, let's make it more specific. Okay. If you're comfortable talking about this. Yeah. The other day. Oh, uh, guys, <laughs> I already know. The other day I was working and there was a good opportunity in my day where I had some free time and I just felt your energy was off could just tell you because I was laying on the couch staring at the ceiling yeah you were just going through it and I just glanced your way and I was like are you all right and I think you just said something like I feel scared or I feel worried I said I'm sad yeah it was something like I'm feeling sad sad. yeah that was it I'm feeling really sad so then with tears streaming out my face I don't know if you were crying that (laughs) no I was I was I was crying it wasn't like oh it was like a you know, when you're laying and the tears are just streaming towards your ears. Yeah, you're feeling very overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So I just said, let's go for a walk. And we did. And we just got out of the space. We went for a walk. We obviously followed all social distancing mm-hmm. policies. But we just got some fresh air, got moving. And I think that is very important. If you are feeling anxious about this space, about creating in this space, first, we are creatures who were born to move. From running on the planes, chasing after prey, being nomadic. I was picturing like airplanes when you said that. Running on airplanes. I just pictured someone running up and down the aisle of an airplane. Perfect. But we got to move. And we were not meant to just sit in little bubbles in the sky or in our houses. So getting some fresh air, very valuable if you can. Get outside. Uh Obviously, or even if you don't feel safe in that, if you are thinking, you know what, I honestly am feeling so anxious. I don't feel even safe to go outside. Open your window. Yes. Let in some fresh air and be beside the sunlight there. Open your front door. Mm-hmm. Go in your backyard just for a moment. But yeah, feel the sun. Get some fresh air. Just let that clear you for a bit. Now, about the creative part, what do you got to be worried about? Post your, <laughs> post your creative stuff. Please do. Anytime I talk to someone who's feeling anxious about something, I always like asking them or just telling them what I assume is their worst case scenario. And then we just laugh about how silly it is. So like, what's your worst case scenario if you post something that's not a fully fleshed out creative idea that you know maybe you could have been a little better? Like, what's the worst thing that'll happen? Someone will say like, this isn't good. (laughs) Like, who cares? Just post it. 
like put effort into it and share it you don't even have to share it but like you've talked about this before Mm -hmm. if you want to get more comfortable on youtube make some youtube videos but you don't have to post them i always say you can press record without pressing publish yeah but i truly think you'll feel better and what a time what an opportunity we are in right now to do creative things so there's two sides of this coin and i am loving both of them heads or tails i'm on both sides one of them is that phrase. This is an opportunity for you to create, for you to dive into a project you've been dreaming about for so long, whether that be starting a blog, even just writing in your journal every night. It could be something as simple as going for a run every day or trying to do 10 crunches or honestly just getting out of bed. Can I pause you for one second? Yeah. We say this Keeping in mind, obviously, there are some people who aren't afforded this luxury, who are taking care of kids, oh, who are yes. taking care of loved ones, who are taking care of uh, people who can't take care of themselves, who are on the front lines working jobs or who are scared because they have now lost their job or been laid off. Perhaps this is directed towards those people who have been laid off and maybe have some more time and want to put that frantic, anxious energy towards something. But Obviously, we know not everyone is enjoying uh, all of their free time and wondering what creative thing they want to explore. Yeah, and like layoff is not necessarily like, oh, yay, now I have all this free time. Whereas it's like, what am I going to feed my kids tonight? Yeah, we don't want to be insensitive to that one bit. But if you are someone who now has free time and doesn't know what to do with it and has always wanted to do something creative, Amanda. This is for you. This is for you. And the other side of the coin, Scott and I were talking the other night and I was just thinking you know, I haven't, this was before I had started to implement some positive changes within being in this pandemic. I was like, ah, I shouldn't eat that before bed or whatever, or I shouldn't drink that or whatever. Scott was like, Amanda, if there is ever a time to do something like that, this is it. It's during the <laughs> pandemic. And we're not meaning something hardcore. We're meaning like a drumstick. We did do meth and that was really fun. No, we didn't. No, I turned over to Amanda. I think we were going to watch a show or a movie. I, again, this is very cliche, but we were watching Tiger King and I think we were going to watch another episode. And I turned to Amanda and I was like, I'm going to grab some ice cream. Do you want some? And you were like, I'm not sure. Like, just been sitting so much. I haven't felt very like active or engaged. And I had seen that on social media where someone was like, listen, you're living through a pandemic. <laughs> this is a judgment monu- free zone. This is a judgment free zone because this is a monumental moment in history that no one has ever lived through before. Perhaps the Spanish flu, but they didn't have Tiger King and they ice didn't cream have drumsticks. <laughs> ice cream drumsticks, <laughs> which were on sale two dollars off. That's why I bought three boxes. You bought three boxes. Well, you know of two of them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, listen, you treat yourself. In the words of Donna and uh, Aziz Ansari. My favorite thing is when you know the answer to a question when you're listening to a podcast and you're screaming it in your head or saying it out loud. Like, duh, it's obviously blank. And that's the closest you'll get to being a ghost in real life. You know what's funny as well is that when you forget something so Tom, obvious. Tom, Tom Haverford. Oh my God, Tom Haverford. It's when you forget something so obvious and you know that the person you're talking to also knows it because it's so obvious and you say, oh, what is it? And that person also just gets that ricocheted energy yeah. of like also not knowing, being like, I also don't know. It's just deer in headlights, like yeah. it hits them. Anyways, where were we? This has gone straight off the rails. Eat the ice cream, 
be creative. Don't be scared. Press you're, publish. Yeah. You're scared because you're, you don't think it's good enough and it'll never be up to your standards. So just take away that expectation of being perfect and just create. That's all. Now let's get back to some of the questions. Oh my. We have 72 more. Wonderful. You guys got time, right? That's not true. Also, Tiger King. That was crazy. It was crazy. It was nuts. Anyways. Free Joe Exotic. I will need a hole. That's not true. Don't no, free please him. don't. He tried to murder someone. Also, maybe just put all the other ones in jail, too. Um, yeah, we got a lot of talk about working during COVID-19, being mm-hmm. creative and posting during COVID-19. Um, do you feel, I'll just read a couple of them and we can just answer them. Do you feel more pressure to make more content for your audience now than you typically would as a result of most people staying at home? Do you feel with your platform that you should be making an impact to help others? Um, as an influencer during the COVID-19 pandemic, many of the posts surrounding the topic are similar. What are you doing differently? And we kind of touched on this before. I won't speak for you, but I feel like I got a good read and it's more about your what you're going through and being vulnerable about how you're handling this than like sweeping statements about living through COVID-19 and Mm -hmm. yeah. One of the things I will say to just put a hazard out there is like if you wake up in the morning and you're feeling so off because you know what, that's okay and you will be is you don't have to wake up and feel, oh, today I've got to make a post and put something together because, you know, the people are counting on me. No, not is that's not true in any case. And that's not true today. And that's not going to be true tomorrow. You've got to do what's right for your own mental health. My, um, the thing that I hinged on the most there, Scott, was when you said, are you feeling the pressure to create more? 100 percent yes this is one of the pitfalls that i've been going through the most is because i wake up in the morning and i'm thinking okay i want to film a video i want to record a podcast i want to do this post i've got to make three tiktok posts i've got to do this and it's just like whoa hold your horses get up brush your teeth kiss god on the forehead go for a run make a good breakfast and get the day started you've just got to slow your roll because if this is a marathon not a sprint not everything can be done in one day and one thing that I have been learning throughout this whole process and yes it has been a process it has been a process for every single person who is going through it is that you've just got to set daily intentions yeah I was gonna say we talked about that I think when this was starting when we were starting to adjust to the new normal and that was simply with all this free time, it can, it can be quote unquote free time for, for people this, who have the luxury for free with time. all this maybe on. Yeah, exactly. Maybe on scheduled time, but scheduling in when you want to accomplish things or what you want to do that week, is just a good way of staying on top of it and not getting lost in. I have to do too. I have to do all of these things or conversely, I just wasted this entire week. Yeah. I feel like I wasted this entire week. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, that was one of the things we talked about was like setting a goal for the week or setting like a couple of attainable things like on Sunday night saying to yourself, if you're a creator, you know what? I want to post three things on Instagram and I want to record one YouTube video. That's great. You know, that's still a lot though. It's still a lot. You could work towards it, but I would just rather you set goals like that that are obtainable for yourself. Know yourself. 
maybe push yourself a little bit, but you also want this to be something that you look back on and say, I accomplished that, not, oh, I'm terrible. I didn't live up to my own expectations. So truly set obtainable goals. Working from home as well looks differently probably for you than maybe your normal work schedule is. And know that when you first entered, if you went to college or university, the first year was probably you messing up a lot until you learned how to learn and you learned how to make a schedule. This is very much like that. You're going through the paces and you're learning how to function and be productive in a completely new setting. Yeah. And that's okay point. to not be perfect at. Yeah. One thing that I really want to address as well and that I've seen through some influencers that I highly respect who are huge hustlers, who have built a brand and who have like an incredible following is they had some preconceived goals, aka posting a video every single day for a certain amount of time. That's an amazing goal, but the world has changed. And if you can no longer satisfy that goal because everything has been flipped on its head, the world spins madly on and things are happening and emotionally and mentally, you don't have that capacity to fulfill that goal anymore. It is okay to tell your audience, you know what guys, I'm going through it. And I know you are too, because we're all going through this together and I've shifted my goal and I've gone back to my normal posting schedule. That is okay. No one is going to guilt you for it. No one is going to shame you for it. And if they do say levy. A question about the current situation we're in uh, relating to social media was what gives you inspiration during the pandemic? Things that are giving me inspiration is going through a detox in my life. I have re-sparked physical activity that has given me inspiration. I have allowed myself to just spend time scrolling Pinterest or following accounts that I love or just taking still moments. I said to you, Scott, today, you know what? I have now set a new goal. I am going to allow myself one hour of social media time a day and that's it. And uh, I feel like a lot of us now have those alerts on our phone that tell us how much time that we're spending on our phone or on social media. And I just find I love social media. It's such a, an amazing area for me to be because I follow some really inspirational accounts. And because they are so present, they show up all the time and I, and I really get inspired. But it can be a black hole of mm -hmm. time. And if this is a quote unquote opportunity for me, I truly do have the luxury of that, then what will I regret when this is over not doing? Great point. You know what? I won't regret. I won't Spending regret. Spending three hours looking at TikTok. <laughs> Honestly, I won't, but I kind of will. <laughs> I won't because it's been so great. And you know what? Because I've I've been on there more, I, I now like have liked certain things and the algorithm had figured out that I loved creatives and artists and things like that. And I see amazing things on there now that I've kind of honed in my own algorithm. But one thing that I won't regret is trying new recipes mm -hmm. and FaceTiming friends and spending more time editing footage that I've always said, oh, I just haven't had any time to edit that or whatever. And those are the things that I think we all could benefit from maybe making a little to-do list. Like what, what is it that you are going to look back on that you might say, oh, I wish I, I wish I had spent more time doing that. Well, guess what? You still have your whole life ahead of you. So set aside some time and do that thing. Whether you're enlightened in this moment or you're enlightened after by reflecting back, that's all good. We're all learning as we go. 
just like three more questions, then we'll wrap up because I know we've been talking for a while. How do you feel about that? I love it. Quickly, what is it like when a brand wants to work at you, with you? How much creative control do you get? What kind of parameters do they put on? Asks if you could just speak a little bit about that. So it always depends on whatever brand you're working with and the campaign at hand. I have seen some campaigns where every single photo looked the same because it was a very specific look that they wanted. Mm -hmm. And it got called out by influencers that weren't working with that. And it's very, it's very tight space. Wherever you're working, there's always little cliques and, and uh, people involved. But anyways, I am someone who loves to have a lot of autonomy with what the look is. I understand that brands have messaging and that doesn't bother me. But any campaign I've ever worked on, it has always been my wording to be approved by the brand most times just because uh, me and my agent, we basically, or my manager, we basically just like allow that to be a part of the contract. Um, and normally, like probably 90% of the time, green light, good to go. But I find it very important to have the control because at the end of the day, I understand that it's your brand and I understand that you're paying money for this, but this is also my brand. It's also my feed. And it's also, I understand that you're paying X amount for whatever, but I've spent years of doing this. So that actually is more valuable to me than your bottom line. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. And, and to speak on that too, we created a campaign that I was working with this one company and I ended up basically making this campaign all about how this brand was my boyfriend and like I loved it so much and all this stuff and they ran with that so wild and I think that if you are working on the PR side and the communication side there is a reason why you are hiring people there should be there should be a reason why you are looking at a certain influencer over another and it should be their creative storytelling because at the end of the day we're humans and we love stories and we love connecting in that way and um, because of that autonomy and me being able to be creative, I was able to create something that they would have never thought of before. Yeah, and I'd say often whenever we're doing influencer marketing stuff, whenever we're like dreaming up an idea of what we could do, we always think, okay, what story do we want to tell here? I think that's the best way to do these because you don't want to just hawk something. You don't want to just be a commercial. Be like, here it is. Yeah, you want to like have a story with it. And that's what I really love about what's on your feed is all of them are stories. They're fun or they're personal, they're genuine, but it's never just like, oh my gosh, buy these shoes because they're, I don't know, so great. Yeah, that's Hashtag true. fashion. My um, campaign manager, her name is Alex and she is just so wonderful and we vibe so well together and she completely respects that if they come forward with a campaign and I don't align with it, I'm allowed to say, you know what, thank you so much, but this is a nada for me and she is never judgmental. She's just like, yep, no problem. And so one thing that Alex and I do is a lot of times when a brand comes forward, she'll say, can you pitch them an idea or tell me what you're going with? Because then the expectation is set. Okay, this is what she's creating. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, if I'm wacky and wild and, and sometimes I will pitch these skit ideas or, or a certain photo or, some, or a certain scene or something, the expectation is that. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever pitched one that has been like flat out rejected as like, we're not going for that. No. What I will say is 
I loved your idea. You mentioned messaging. That's just one of the things that if a company approaches you, they often just have specific things they want you to say in the messaging. Mm-hmm. You get to rework that into your own voice and you get to be genuine. You're not lying or else you, you would never take a campaign if you had to lie about something. We would but, hope. <laughs> well, I'm saying you, like you in oh, okay, general. Okay, okay, I don't know about these other folks who are listening. <laughs> with their scoundrels. With their bots and stuff. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, but the one things that they can be very sticklers about it's for example we've worked with alcoholic beverages and so there's just certain rules certain laws where for example you can't be photographed like sipping this drink getting hammered outside because it's not allowed it's against yeah. the law like so you can't have two drinks in your hand being like woo for yeah the party like there's that's just, just very specific thing. things and so they might obviously be more rigid with that but that's to be expected you know yeah and at the end of the day i would just say don't take a personal Oh, exactly. They're just trying to achieve, if you're the PR company, you're just trying to achieve your brand's messaging because you want to keep a client and same for the influencer. Now, this all flows in so nicely because uh, you mentioned Alex and one of the predominant questions here was, do you have an agent? Do you have a manager? Do you have an agency you work with? So do you want to talk about platform a little bit? Yeah. Again, I did it. Do you want to talk about? I do though. I know. I wish I was a better journalist. Do you have a specific question? Oh yeah. Let me try again. Let me try again. Okay. What kind of agency do you work for and how do they benefit you as an influencer marketer? I crushed that so Boom. much better. <laughs> yes, I have one of the, if not the best, actually, I'm just going to, I have the best agency in Toronto. Their name is Platform Media Management. They have a small roster and on their roster, they really try to achieve different people who do different things so that if they have any type of client come forward, they can say, yeah, we've got someone who does that. And platform is one of those companies that I targeted at the beginning yeah, and this you did. sounds wild because this is so out of the box thinking and I don't even know how I achieved this when I had first started I don't even know <laughs> sometimes you do things and you're like wow that was a really good move good job hold your cards close to your body okay so I was basically at a conference it was called spark conference it doesn't happen anymore but when I wanted to start blogging I said to myself you know what girlfriend you like doing this, you're doing pretty well, but you don't know it all and you got a lot to learn. So why don't you pay money to go learn something? And education is always the best way to spend money. So I went to this conference and on a panel one day, it was all about influencer marketing. One of the most valuable things was meeting fellow people in the field. I have a couple friends from that conference that I still have and they are killing it. And two, the basically panels that will be there that are teaching you things. So on the panel, there were a couple of people from platform media management that was a little tiny baby at the time. And I saw them and I was like, wow, I am in love. The kind of love that strikes you in a romantic comedy that you can't even believe it just happened, but everything aligned that way. And so I ended up talking like you and me, babe. Exactly. Exactly. So I ended up talking to Daniel Ocean. He was there. He is one of the co-founders. Sarah Kunar, she is the CEO and she is just such a boss babe. And uh, They both have beautiful dogs. Oh, they are just, and that's not like a euphemism or anything. They just have they the most just, adorable French bulldogs. But they are also both so beautiful. <laughs> so basically, they started platform media management. They manage different influencers. And that is their side of things when it comes to PR. They're the people you reach out to and they say, do you have someone who'd be uh, good for this campaign? And so 
they ended up hosting the platform, which I highly recommend if you guys want to go into influencer marketing. And if you're in the GTA or Toronto area, I believe that they are now obviously with everything happening and they have been trying to uh, do online classes. So you can sign up for a platform which is just a lovely play on words, and learn all about the behind the scenes, how to get paid, what it means to be a micro-influencer, what it means to you know, grow within the field, how do you grow your audience, how do you take good photos, all these things. It was basically exactly what I had gone to just now within this media company. I ended up paying to go to their platform to be in front of them to basically have another touch point of being like, hi, hello, this is me. I remember you guys. I love you guys. And please recognize that I am a human functioning in this world. And then eventually they ended up coming to me um, to be on their roster. And it was like the best moment in time. So now what happens is they will look for campaigns. They will pitch me for campaigns. And Alex, my wonderful, amazing, just incredible manager she will be the person doing the behind the scenes of managing how much I get paid for things and all those sorts of things that can be uncomfortable when you are someone who is too nice Mm -hmm. yeah uh you were talking about it a bit there and you mentioned conferences and I know at the beginning of this podcast we were talking about how can you grow outside of your social network so I just wanted to pitch a couple quick things and you can obviously touch on them as well uh Number one, just like you said, going to conferences, going to places where other like-minded people are, that is such a great way to make connections in the industry. With that in mind, you're going to meet people who you didn't know before, who are outside of your social network, who are other influencers or other rising stars. Collab with them. That is to say, go on a photo shoot with them so you appear on their feed and they appear on your feed. Such a great win-win. And to, especially when they are someone who is like in the same vertical as you, just a genius way to grow outside of your own followership. Yeah, collaboration is key, especially within your space. It wouldn't be fair if you had a thousand followers and you pitched someone who had a hundred thousand followers being like, hey, can we collab? It just doesn't make sense. So collaborating with someone within the same amount of followership as you is a great way to, like Scott said, grow your brand and as well work as someone who is mutually benefiting each other. Another great idea, find local photographers who are trying to do the same thing. Maybe they're not trying to be an influencer marketer, be the face of something, but they're trying to grow their own portfolio and ask them if they want to collab. They might just want a model that they can do an interesting shoot with. They might want to shoot at dawn. They might want to shoot in the middle of the night. So ask them if they want to collab. Also pay them in the future. If you ever want to just get a bunch of photos done that you can then put out uh, in your social media calendar, great idea. But another just genius way to collab with someone where both of you will win. That's a good point, Scott. And I just want to say a little footnote to that is when I was first starting and something that I will still do now is I'll batch shoot. Like I'll go out on a day with a friend or Scott or a friend who's a photographer and I'll pay them. And sorry, Scott, you don't get paid. It's okay. It's fine. We'll handle this after you, the podcast. You pay Anyways, so we'll go out and we will shoot a ton of different outfits and shots and things like that. And it'll be a whole day affair. And then you've got a ton of content for a rainy day. Next couple ones. Use hashtags. This is so obvious, but use hashtags. And we've talked about using hashtags that are, um, oh, what was the term? 
there was a three tier of hashtags. It was like a big fish, a little fish, and a tiny fish. And the idea was don't just use like hashtag photography, hashtag art. Yeah, be a bit more niche. Because those are so macro that someone lurking for that isn't going to find you. That being said, someone might. So just do a variety of ones. And you can even see on Instagram how many engagements are with those. And so just base them out where you use like one that has like a, over a million, then you use one that has a hundred thousand, then you use one that has like a thousand, less than 10,000. And thousand. if you're sitting back saying, how do I find these hashtags? What do you mean? All I can think of is hashtag influencer. Well, just go on some other mm-hmm. people's feeds that you really love and basically do your research. Look at what hashtags they are using for posts that are similar to the ones that you're making. With that in mind, engage in that community. We spoke about this before, but a great way to extend your reach is to comment and engage and be involved in this community so that someone who just stumbles across someone else's post sees you commenting, being like, oh, I love this. I did a similar shoot here in the fall and it was so much fun. Then they're like, oh, I would love to see that person's post. Boom, you got a new fan, you got a new follower be in it at the beginning not to make money but to just create because if you're in it just to be like cool I just want to make money from this it's not going to make you money at first and it will 100% falter so make sure that you're doing something that you love and talking about something that you love none of that follow for follow stuff none of that uh what's one where you follow someone and then when they follow you you unfollow them that stuff is so childish and I hate it and Mm -hmm. if you are doing that quit it stop yeah (laughs) Gosh. It's just going to, honestly, guys, it's just going to make you feel bad. Don't be that. It's because then you're just so doing it for likes. You're not doing it for the love of the community mm-hmm. or the love of creating. Don't be that. Those people won't be your engaging audience. Next one, uh, less common, but I still think a good practice, use geolocations. Now, that being said, um, geolocations can be a little scary if you're making it too personal. Don't do like your house. <laughs> Don't do your house, your personal address. Do like toronto but if you're at a popular spot use that geolocation so that someone in the future who's checking out that spot might see your feed boom another way to get a follower a popular spot being like the cn tower or uh, central park or something like that yeah a park a restaurant a cafe just great ways to get yourself out there the last one and i listed it last of course unless you have some more but the last one and I listed it last because I think it should be your last resort, especially when you're starting out, is paying for a post. You could pay for a post if it is doing well and you want to just boost it to people in your area. But truly, don't feel like that is what you have to do. Don't sink a lot of money into this in the hope that you are going to grow and become a big influencer. Don't do that. Well, I just want to change your verbiage there a little bit because paying for a post could come off wrong. Um he means sponsor a post. Yes. Yeah. So on Instagram, you can put money behind a post, especially if you are a business account. And I think it's only if you're a business account, which is very easy to switch. You just need a Facebook page associated with your Instagram account. Doesn't cost anything. It's Doesn't free. cost you anything. And um, actually, I think there's, sorry to interrupt you. No problem. I think there's a creator account now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So creator account. And I don't even think a business page you need for that one. You can literally just have a creator account. That was something new they just did. So easy. You can just go into your settings, go in advanced and create yourself a little creator account, get some analytics, get that capability. 100%. And then basically when you sponsor it, you can geo-target your audience. Like I could be like women between the age of 15, 35 in the GTA. 
And if you're on the PR communication side of that, you can also build into your budget where I've had this before too, where if you have an influencer working for you and they have a very specific post to make, you add to the budget an extra hundred dollars or whatever it is to then boost that post. You can boost posts from your influencer accounts. And one thing that I want to add to the end of your list, Scott, is always be transparent when you are doing a partnership. This is so, so important. And not only is it incredibly important for your authentic followership and your feed and your audience to be safe within what you are telling them, but it is now the law. So if you are working with a brand, make sure that they have put you under their... I guess, influencer workers, because you can then basically have at the top, if you are an associated person, it can say um, this post paid by or paid promotion by or whoever. Um, And that is just going to be great. And, And Scott and I often, Scott, you are such an amazing writer and you will help me write some of the captions when it comes to working with people. We will build in to the caption. I am so pleased that I am working with this company. 100%. Yeah. I'm collaborating with be uh, transparent. Like you said, be transparent, transparent. be like upfront and obvious. I I much prefer when someone just says like, I am working with this brand and I'm having, I have such a good relationship with them instead of like trying to sneak it in, in the last line, like sponsored by. Yeah. It's going to say sponsored by Alta Vista. Why would that (laughs) search engine be top of mind? No idea. Sponsored by Ask Jeeves. (laughs) Okay. My last question. He asked me to do it. (laughs) Thanks Jeeves. My last question. Oh. It's nothing to do with social media, really. Oh. It is just simply, what simple thing, not seeing friends or family, what simple thing are you looking forward to most post-pandemic? I am such a person who I will hug you before I handshake you. I honestly am just looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to the vibration this is going to have in our society. Not, I know there's going to be a ton of things that come out in the wake of this that are going to be really tough to face, but I'm really excited to see people put their phone down and talk to people in the eye. And this makes me a little emotional thinking about it because I know that we still have such a far way to go. And um, yeah, no, truly, I'm just really excited about you know, looking, looking at people in the eye and just being so present and being like, wow, I think, I think this taught us what's super important in life. And, and honestly, Scott, when it comes to creators in quarantine, I'm excited to feel a bit freer to make some posts and things like that, because right now it just feels like things have to be a little different and a little filtered. And it's not because it's being, it it feels Un, unright for them to be that way because it, it needs to be that way but um I don't know I don't know what I'm trying to say if you don't cry it's not a good podcast honestly that's what, I know that's what I just wrote down here are things I'm looking forward to I'm gonna cheat one music concerts oh I'm just yes. so excited I think I'm just gonna cry if I'm going to be surrounded by a bunch of people just like vibing to the same moment, like if it's a theater show, if it's a concert, if it's a live sporting event, just seeing all those people there celebrating and happy to be there. Can you picture everyone like arm in arm as well? Just oh. like swaying. 
uh, oh, God. on that subject, playing hockey, playing a team sport, just getting back out there again. Oh, I miss it so much. And you were kind of just talking about this, but it was just simply not being scared when you're going outside, just not being scared. One thing, one last thing that I want to say, I'll, like really hit home because I've, I've just had such the pleasure of going on runs and making sure that I am well social distance from people this is the last thing i wanted to say to you so it's perfect yeah you got, yeah is that you know what i've been saying hi to people yeah. i've been waving to people across the street and say what happened this morning at the run. beginning people were scared to even look at each other scott and like we were going on walks and like you wouldn't even look at other people but i was wa- i was running on one sidewalk there was a woman running on the other sidewalk on the opposite side of the street and we were crossing paths because we were going in opposite directions and the sun was shining and I, every person I see, I'm like, hello, good morning. I love you. <laughs> I hope you're doing well. And so I see this woman and I wave and I'm like, hello, good morning. And she's like, hello, I hope you have a great run. And I was like, bye, have a good day. And I almost started falling during my <laughs> run because the endorphin hit and the dopamine hit I had from just a stranger wishing me well is something I'm going to carry into. We crave connection. We crave crave it and i think this is a very interesting moment because we're seeing how much we crave connection with strangers just that eye contact that acknowledgement of you're existing here too and i see you and i'm acknowledging you and yeah i do think in this moment it is important when you're out and you see someone say hi say how you doing how you coping with this hope you're well stay healthy we're gonna get through this but we gotta look after each other first yeah we are well, I love you. I love you too. And so are you, how much are you paying these other people when you're doing photo shoots? So anyways, thank you guys. Are you wrapping the show? <laughs> yeah. but it's just First of all, thank you all so much for your questions. I hope we managed to answer them with somewhat of a medium aptitude, if not to high. Scale. Or a linear path. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had such a pleasure of having this conversation and we are with you and we're going through what you guys are going through. If you have any other questions, feel free again to reach out to the DMs at We Did It Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. We're on Instagram every single day and we love you as well there won't be a fact check within this podcast specifically because it's a bonus and it was just an open conversation on our experience and if you're feeling scared if you're feeling overwhelmed or feeling any of those things don't hesitate to reach out as well there's not to be a question could just be you expressing it we'd be happy to talk to you and to say we're going through that too but honestly we're gonna get through this and we love you and in any other case in any other situation in anything that's going on in the world there is no we without you there guess what scott we did it 